Today we have with us a very interesting guest, Dhawal Shroff. A roboticist, a photographer, constant learner and autopilot AI at Tesla Motors. He shares his stories about how a tweet landed him a job at Tesla, how his work is touching more than half a million lives, to the future of self-driving cars, especially in countries like India, and his experience of working with Elon Musk. Stay tuned to know more about his journey. We are three friends who met in college and now are working in diverse fields across the globe. Curious to know about what our friends are up to. So here we are, connecting, talking and learning from our friends. In this podcast, we are sharing extraordinary insights from our not so ordinary friends, working in various industries and sharing their stories and their journey so far. These are your hosts, Hiloni Punathar, Adit Kothari, and Tapan Desai. And this is What The Hat. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss on any episodes. Welcome, Dhawal Shroff, to the show. I'm glad to be here. Although, like, I'm so used to not hearing my name as Dhawal Shroff and, like, just hearing Shroff and it feels kind of weird. I know, it was so weird for me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, before we dive into the questions, like uh, I I remember uh, meeting Dhawal the first time. Uh, actually, Sumit was the one who introduced us. And he wanted uh, Sumit wanted to do something uh, for the festival, some video content, and he must have seen some video that I did uh, in uh, junior college. And it was like you need to meet Dhawal, and you guys need to create something for the festival. Uh, and that's how we met. We created like bunch of videos in undergrad. And I don't know if I told you, but uh, I came to uh, CMU and selected this particular program of entertainment technology because of you. Like we were uh, hanging out uh, and you were like in just in passing. You, you were just uh, recently accepted the master's program for robotics at CMU. And you were like, uh, you might want to look at uh, some en- uh, entertainment technology that CMU uh, has. Uh, you, you might be interested in that. And that word stuck with me, entertainment technology. Uh, and, that, and then I, had, I went back home. I read about so it. That's pretty awesome, man. Like, I didn't think, like, I could have created that kind of influence on you. But yeah, absolutely. honestly, like, I, I, I met some people who had done it and I was just, like, in awe of, like, that program that, like, that just seems like the most fun program. It almost seemed like you were working for, like, Disney or something. So, uh, let's uh, start from the top. Uh, the, why engineering? Um, so, engineering, I think, uh, it, it sounds very cliche, but, like, it just runs in my family. My dad's an engineer. My dad's brother is an engineer. My dad's cousin is an engineer. My grandfather is an engineer. My, like, like literally anybody I can think of, like, elder than me, were all engineers. Even, like, a couple of my cousins were engineers. So, I, I don't think, like, and it wasn't like I didn't have a choice or anything. My my family was pretty open to whatever I wanted to do. But it, it just seemed more entertaining to me because, like, everybody around would talk about things that they've worked on and, like, talk about things that they've done like people have designed things people have uh, constructed things and um, that just stuck with me in some way that uh, I wanted to do something where uh, I'm actually like making something and out of like basically three things that we were all exposed to in school on 11 12 that was like you could either become a doctor or you could become an engineer or you could become like something in finance or like an architect or something. So I think the only two things I actually would have gone for were architecture and um, engineering. And in fact, like 
I don't know if you guys did that or not, but I had gone through the stupid aptitude test when I was in school, and there, like, the result that came out was that I should go become an architect. I didn't do that eventually. I don't know how good I would have been at <laughs> it, but but that's basically how I think I ended up in engineering. It was just like influence of being around people, although like not getting influenced by their decision or anything. And um, I, I've always had a passion for cars in general, so. Um, and to do anything related to cars, like I didn't know what I wanted to do with cars at that point, but just having a passion for cars was like, uh, I would have to do something in engineering to be able to work on cars. I didn't know what at that point, but that's that's basically how I ended up in engineering. Yeah, I took one aptitude test. Uh, it told me to uh, go into music. Uh, thank God I didn't. I don't know if I, <laughs> I still don't know any musical instrument. <laughs> I think conventional parents won't ever let you do that. Like choose that as a primary career. <laughs> uh, Shraf, so like for you were an EXCC, right? So you were already decided on EXCC engineering, or like you decided EXCC after getting a CET score and things like. Oh, that. I didn't decide EXCC. That's a great story, actually. So <laughs> let me go back to that time when. Um, so I, I um, initially when I, I applied for engineering, like I said, I was very interested in doing something in like automotives and stuff. And the closest thing that you could study with, like that could maybe take you somewhere in automotives, was like you could study mechanical engineering. So that's the thing that I was giving my 11th and 12th standard exams and whatever with that like I wanted to study mechanical engineering and then um, um, I was also like studying for IIT and like uh, those national exams what was it um, AIEEE and things like that yep, yep, yeah. and um, that didn't get me too far like uh, in IIT I could have gotten maybe like agricultural engineering in some like Gandhinagar <laughs> IIT or something which I of course did go for and like <laughs> Any other place also, I wasn't getting something phenomenal. Like no good college was giving me mechanical engineering, for example. And then um, I was like, if I'm not doing mechanical engineering at that point, I might as well go to a college that I really like, which happens to be DJ Sangvi because uh, uh, like the first time I saw it, I was like, fuck everything as AC. <laughs> <laughs> so, like at, at, at that point, I made up my mind that I'm going to DJ Sangvi and like we'll figure out what I want to do there because DJ didn't have mechanical. So I initially wanted to do production basically the reviews that I got from like in the college itself like I uh, uh, when I was like going for like the admission rounds or whatever was that like oh production like nobody who gets like more than these many marks takes production and I was like that just seems stupid to me but okay and then uh, so I hadn't decided anything I don't know you guys probably remember right we went upstairs to like the first floor or something and we had to go into this like room where like there were a bunch of people sitting with computers who would like give you that uh, whatever field you choose or something they take your mark sheets or whatever right yeah, yeah. So I went into that room and then I'm sitting there and like until that point, like I'm I'm like, so these are all the things that are open at this point. I can get into EXTC, computer science, electronics and all of that. And um, to be honest, like I wasn't very sure about going into computer science, but I was like, electronics seems fun. And like I had never looked up what like electronics and telecommunication actually has because I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to do that. So electronics and computer science were the two things I was actually looking forward to. And yeah. I show up there and that guy goes like, Haan, aapka marks achha hai, aap EXTC mein le lo, usme sab highest marks wale jate hai. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, that was literally what happened and that's how I ended up in <laughs> Like I would have seen electronics otherwise. So that guy decided for you. <laughs> Pretty much. Because he said ki, aapka itna achha marks hai, aap electronics mein kyun le rahe ho? Aap EXTC le lo, electronics to padne mil hi raha hai, extra telecommunication bhi padne mil raha hai. 
Wow. But Akshraf, like from what we know you, the first time at least my interaction was with you was me seeing you with a camera. And I actually want to know where did this passion for photography and continuously clicking people and nature, all of that came for you? Yeah, so that that's uh, so I um, actually like this again is like a very cliche story. I don't know why like my life is filled with so many cliche stories, unfortunately. But um, it just so happens that I think when uh, I was in first year of engineering, um, Wake Up Sid had come out, and um, like I I didn't actually pick up the thing from Wake Up Sid where like that guy went on to become a photographer or anything. But the part that I picked up was the parts where he would take photos of his friends having fun and um, put them up on his wall as memories and things like that. And I was like, that's actually a brilliant idea. Like now that I actually have time where I'm going to see people, I want to take photos of people and make some memories that I can use somewhere. And we all know that like smartphone cameras back in the day, nobody, I think, imagined that they would be anywhere close to what we have currently. So I went on to convince my dad that like, I should really get a camera because like I'll I'll make good use of it like I'll do something and back then I didn't even really travel much anywhere so it wasn't like I was going to use it for traveling or something it was literally like taking photos of friends when you're out with friends so that's how it started off um and the rest you guys know because like I would come to college with a camera I would be taking photos of people in like festivals or like random days and stuff that we had in college or even the night outs that we often did in college so I think that lined up pretty well with what my expectation was um and i'm happy that like my dad got convinced to buy me a camera also and i think the rest of it uh, after that point like how i got into like doing nature photography and all most of it was because like i got a lot of encouragement from all of you guys who also were very willing to get your photos taken like a lot of times i don't think um like people would want to get their photos taken especially after coming to the us i realized people are way more private but i don't think we had something like that amongst our friendship in college so i would take photos of people and people would even to date like people actually look at photos like which get shared from their facebook memory from like 7 8 years ago or whenever we were in college and it's like oh like you took this photo like this time ago i still like this photo and i'm like that's actually awesome like that people are actually still looking at those photos some random day of their lives were you like self taught or you t- took some courses to learn photography no i just like like uh, i actually just learned by myself like taking photos initially like i said i didn't really think about like the art of photography in any way it was mostly to take photos of people around and that was working out just fine like it, it it seemed more like since like i i i i fell into that category that like iske paas acha camera hai isko aata nahi hai but isko acha camera hai to photos acha hi aata hai that worked out <laughs> but i think post that point like um with more exposure and like traveling to nice places and all and actually like getting exposed to other people's photos on like instagram and like some random blogs and stuff i started learning a little more like trying out different things and it it has been working well so far yeah one of my favorite photos of yours is like the one you took like a year back or something with your tesla in the foreground you can see all the stars in the background and there is like it's in some mountain valley kind of a place it's yeah, yeah that that is phenomenal yeah that was that that was a good trip <laughs> yeah but like in order to do this also you might be waking up or staying late at night and then you will be hiking out to get these photos right Oh yeah absolutely so so going to that part of it now like i think uh, the camera has become more of a thing that i do on holidays now like i i go on a vacation and like i have something to do like generally when you go out on a vacation like you're like planning for like i want to go here i want to do this i want to do that i want to do this and like another additional thing that i also plan for is that like the sunset from here like i've seen photos of it that they're phenomenal i should go try that 
like in fact um, just a couple of days ago like i i put up one photo in my uh, 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 house currently and um, somebody was asking about that photo and i was telling them how like sneha and i um, had gone hiking in switzerland last year and um, at the end of our hike we finally found a restaurant that we could eat at we hiked for like 12 days straight or something and so we are sitting at the restaurant and eating and it was time for sunset at that point like in um, like 8 o'clock or whatever and uh, we have food on our table and i'm like i can't miss this sunset i really want to go see the sunset so sneha sitting there eating by herself while i am like i ran for like 10 minutes to get to a point from where i could take the photo of the matterhorn and i think like that photo turned out to be pretty phenomenal like uh, i could actually see the sunset happening on matterhorn which is like making it like red in color and stuff um so honestly i think i have a lot of memories associated with like the kinds of things i've had to do to get some photos and then those photos turn out to be super nice yeah that's and then uh, uh sneha as well she is into photography as well right like that's why she takes like she puts up with you i guess that uh, for the lack of term right she she does yeah like it, like i think at some point she does get annoyed that i want to see a fucking sunrise like on a vacation <laughs> and that i have to wake up at like 6 am to like drive for half an hour to get somewhere but yeah. she puts up with it because like she she really likes taking photos also and she's actually a much better people photographer than i am um like honestly yeah so she's into portraits and then you do landscape yeah pretty much so like i think uh, all of the photos that like i ever take of her she does, never likes because like i don't do as good of a job but on the other hand i get really good photos of myself once in a while <laughs> the right person i guess yeah i guess so <laughs> match made in heaven <laughs> or linkedin <laughs> oh yeah Wait, what linkedin oh, that story is funny <laughs> yeah i want to hear this i want to hear this <laughs> it's a pretty funny story in the in 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 like the world of like people meeting on bumble and like coffee meets bagel and tinder and shit like we met we met through linkedin <laughs> yeah like Wait, you slid so into her dms or something Yeah, yeah, slid into she slid into my DMs first, but then yeah, <laughs> but but that's how it continued past that point. Like yeah, we 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 like got introduced to each other through LinkedIn first, um, uh, and then um, we we decided to take like an impromptu road trip for like four days. Um, that was like our blind date of sorts, like a four day long road trip to Grand Canyon from San Francisco. Dude, that's rare. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Okay, we slid into a big tangent. Uh, going back to DJ, I guess. Uh, my memory of doubles, like seeing him first, was during Robo Wars, right? Uh, I think you had your bot like fighting in the Robo Wars event that we had every year, and uh, that's when I first saw you and first heard about you as well. So, like, were you always interested in robotics, or like it was something you picked up during engineering as well? um so it 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 was pretty much during engineering because like i hadn't done anything robotics related before that i didn't even like think of it really as like a, a special field or something it was like like i said my major interest was in automotive and um, like the kind of robots that we generally built were like very car like in general right and i yeah. think most of the credit to like putting me in robotics basically goes to um, mandot um 
Chirag Mandot for people who yeah. don't recognize. Like he was the one, like I think, who put me into robotics. Like they were a group of three or four people who were starting to do like these robotic workshops and all that were getting organized in college. And like I uh, joined in them in that effort. And then eventually we started making a lot of robots for a lot of different competitions and stuff. So I think like the credit to introducing me to like college robotics and all goes to Mandot for that matter. Did this passion for robotics lead you to? taking up cmu robotics course um yeah i guess so um i i was um, um like after after doing so much in robotics i did get very interested and i was like that's something i want to pursue further like initially when i had joined i um since like i said i didn't get into like automotive like the way i wanted to my my dream was that oh i'll go study in germany because like you know about these german car companies you're like bmw is from there mercedes is from there audi is from there porsche is from there and you want to go there and study so like that was kind of the thing i was holding on to um um until like about the time when i applied to universities germany was like the place where i wanted to go and study something in like autonomous cars at that point like my thing had pivoted a little that like i would do robotics plus like um, uh, automotive and that would be autonomous cars so i actually studied german for a year in while i was in india like between like third and fourth year and um, after that i applied to a bunch of german universities and since everybody like the herd mentality was trying to go to the us i was like i should also like apply to the us just in case because everyone's doing it and so i ended up applying and i was like since i'm applying and it's a backup like i didn't go through like the general way of like you apply to like your safe universities and then your mid universities and then your um um like the universities you really desire dream universities i just applied to like five universities where i was like these are all really good they may not take me but if they take me then i have something to consider at least and so i applied and then i got into cmu robotics which was kind of a surprise to me um but after i got in i was like now it really makes no sense going anywhere else because like this is literally the best course i could have gotten and i, I didn't want to miss out on that opportunity so like i put germany aside and that's how i ended up in the us also oh absolutely like cmu robotics is the best program for robotics on planet right i don't think there's any comparable program uh, even big hero 6 was uh, inspired uh, from a faculty member uh, in the robotics department at cmu correct me if i'm wrong Yeah, Chris Atkinson. What do you think was in your profile at that time that like helped you get in? Um, I I I think like a lot of it comes from the fact that like we talked about earlier that like I worked on all of these robotics projects and all. I think everybody really wants to see that somebody has done some work somewhere. Like even today when we, you're recruiting people or something in the company that we work at and stuff, like you're always looking for like that there are people who have like knowledge about some things and then there are people who implemented something and i i've come to believe this that like until you actually go ahead and implement something you're basically facing only half of the problem like the half of the problem is that like you know how to do it but until you do it you're never going to get the like small details about how it's supposed to be done and i think doing a lot of real work and having evidence of being able to do it like shows that you know actually how th- stuff works and um that's what i think i put on my resume and like my sop about like challenges that you would have faced like i don't think i ever had to think about like oh name that one challenge that you faced in life when you were trying to do something like i didn't have to make that up like it was it was evident from like some stuff that i had done that oh this was like yeah we we faced a stupid challenge like this i i think even like the festivals and stuff that we worked on in college like we had to go through like we had to see the end point of it right like until you see the end point of a project everything seems easier from outside 
Absolutely. And then working with teams and getting the end goal met and doing that whole trial and error across things and trying to be as cost effective as possible throughout the process. I think it taught us a lot. Exactly. And you run a business now. So you would be the best person to talk about this because like everything has come together for you, right? Like you have to manage all of these things, those things at once. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, college festivals was the inception to telling me, okay, you can do this. It's it's possible. And then obviously, like my love for marketing also popped up from there. So I would, I really, I'm very thankful to DJ overall. <laughs> yeah, I think best decision ever. Yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I think I met the best of my friends ever, like in those four years at DJ. I don't think like I have made better friends before that in life or after that in life. Yeah, like like all of you guys that I met in DJ, like I think like the fact that we are doing this podcast right now, I think eight right. years after graduating from DJ, like says all about it. Seven years after graduating from DJ. <laughs> so, Shroff, for you, like US was always the not US. You said you wanted to go to Germany and US, but like you never decided on working in India. You always wanted to go outside of the country to study oh. abroad, like further. Uh, so I, I I always wanted to study further, but because like I said, like I didn't actually get to do what I initially wanted to do in undergrad. So I was like, maybe I have another chance going forward. And like, of course, there was no guarantee on I would get into a good college to study or I would get anywhere. So um, I had always kept it in mind that like there is something I could do in India also. But I think a major scare that I don't know if you guys faced that, but I definitely faced it where um, anybody who had started working before me, like my cousins or friends or something little elder than me, had always put a scare in me that like the corporate culture is like really, really bad and you don't want to do it. Like everybody is always waiting at like when their boss leaves from work and so that they can exit out of that or always cribbing if they are outside, if you meet them outside of work that like how shitty the work was and that kind of built a scare into me. And I of course didn't know if that was the same everywhere else in the world, but this is something that like uh, definitely put me in a boat where I was like, no, I, I want to stay as far away from there as possible. So that was, I guess, the first reason. And the second one was that um, I didn't actually try to explore enough to uh, find out if like there, there, there were places to work at where I could um, do the kind of things that I wanted. Like say, there, there were still companies like um, Tata Motors does it or like if I worked at like Bajaj or like there are so many uh, companies from around here also like Mercedes-Benz has a research center in Bangalore and things like that too. But um I don't think I ever found myself qualified after DJ enough to put myself in like a company as good or something and provide enough value to it. So I felt the need to like increase what my capability was before I want to go somewhere and provide any value. So I off like with the education in the US and while you were also in DJ, uh, what what is the major difference that you see in the kind of education that you received while being in India versus Taking, I mean, the robotics in CMU. So, so one thing that I um, realized, like um, um, nothing against anybody here, but it there's a general trend that we've observed. Like, if you take eighty percent of the people that you would know in, like, say, DJ or like even live before DJ, like everybody is striving to, like, um, like they have a they have a grade that they want to reach or they have like a job that they want to get, and that's what they're aiming for. And like everything ends there. Like once you reach that, that's like your pinnacle, and like you want to stop after that. It's like I want. To get 90%, I got 90%, I'm done. Or I want to get a job in like JP Morgan or something, and I got that. And like 
everybody is very happy one thing that i realized um, coming to the us was that everybody who come across wants to keep hustling like it's not like you get into a settled job and then you just stay there like you get into one job you like do really well for yourself like people are trying to self improve like they they're trying to do as much as they can to like make themselves better so that they can go ahead and do something uh, next like instead of uh, trying to make your boss happy or trying to make somebody else happy you're trying to make yourself better like that's that's one big difference that i've noticed and that again like it's it's i'm talking about average person that you would meet in um say a college in india versus average person you would meet here of course there are a lot of outliers in that but cool so so you mentioned uh, tesla a while back uh, so what are you doing right now at tesla what's your role uh so i work on the ai team and specifically work on computer vision for uh, like the tesla's autopilot program um basically what we are trying to do is making self driving cars a reality and like building ourselves up to it so building all the algorithms and stuff that is necessary to make self driving cars available to the masses um so my day to day job is coming up with algorithms writing code doing math um coming up with like a bunch of ideas and like trying them out brainstorming with people um like experimenting a lot um as a day to day job and see like what i'm working on actually go ship as a product and get used by like at this point there are half a million teslas on the road at least so it's it's used by like half a million people like the code that you're writing so you're touching a lot of lives at that point and um that's basically what uh, i do and like that keeps me motivated to work as well being able to contribute to so many people using it and like most of the sentiment around using autopilot is positive like i wouldn't say all of it is because there is there is like a lot of negative uh, press also around it but most of it is positive most people are very happy and like we often get to see like youtube videos of like say like there are there are things that you work on with a lot of people and then there are things that like there are, that you worked on by yourself like it was your project and often you see that people have posted videos of these things on their cars and like they are so happy about it they're like oh my car just prevented an accident of this kind oh or my car did something super cool here and like, Like those are like like amazing moments of joy that we get to see. Like when you directly get it from people, like we don't have to rely on somebody like going and asking people that how did you feel about this. Like I think that's that's basically the biggest joy that we get out of the job. So so there are also a lot of things that Tesla like as a car is built really really well. So like it gets the highest safety ratings and like most um uh, like rating standards and. stuff so that also saves a lot of lives but even software for that matter like often helps saving people's lives like they fell asleep and like the car just went and like came to a stop or something or prevented you from departing a lane and hitting something next to you and things like that and i think that's the major goal that we are all trying to work towards that like autonomy would be great to have like people would really love it and you can make efficient use of cars and everything but at the end of the day like so many people lose their lives trying to um, getting into car accidents and stuff that uh, and like sometimes the kind of videos that we get to see coming from like our fleet of cars is like horrifying so like if you see any of those you really want to solve that problem makes sense and like for you you always like when you started your program in cmu you always wanted to work for tesla or something in your program drove you towards tesla so um i i guess like i don't know how much you guys also remember from it but like back when i was in india i barely knew about a company called tesla because it wasn't so big in the news or maybe i wasn't reading the right kind of news where it was coming up but it didn't seem like very much in like my vision that like oh like i want to go there and work for tesla 
and um i think the first time i came across like tesla as a company and like had uh, much more to read about it was um in cmu like there was a tesla charger in um like one of our company building parking lots that i came across and once i came across that i went ahead and like started reading up a lot more and realized that like this company seems to be doing something really phenomenal and like he started doing it like like 6 7 years ago at that point and i was like that seems really cool to work for so um which is how i came across it and then uh, i knew who elon musk was and then i realized that he is the one who like is heavily invested in tesla also at that point like being the ceo and stuff and uh, looked up some more looked up like what kinds of things people were doing and then i think the thing that like really stuck to me was uh, he tweeted i think when i was uh, still at cmu that like tesla is trying to build like a self driving car team and if you want to work here you can respond to my tweet <laughs> and which is basically what i did um oh did you did you actually yeah. you know, i responded yeah. to the tweet and um eventually like a recruiter reached out to me and then they were coming on for a campus uh, recruitment event like the spring event at cmu and then i met the recruiter and we talked about it and then like that i was still looking for an internship at that point so um, i got an internship there and then after working there like i i kind of made up my mind that like there's no other place i would rather work at least from like what i could think of so the uh, the interview process they asked you like algorithms and uh, like it was a whiteboard interview or uh, a different process so this uh, the internship interview was over the phone so i i met with the recruiter first at tesla who like um, did like the regular hr kind of interview that you're supposed to they're supposed to do where like they got a sense of like the things that i'm interested in if i'm good or bad to even like proceed and then um the other three interviews were um like like the hiring manager got like a more broader sense overview of like um um what kind of things like i can actually do what my skill sets are and stuff he put me in like um algorithmic situations to see like what kind of um uh, things i'd worked on to give like the correct answer for some of those and then like the other two interviews were um uh, completely um 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 like technical so one of them was like complete algorithmic technical like robotics related stuff and uh, robotics and math fundamentals mostly and then there was one more which was like only programming did they ask you about the trolley problem they did not actually you would be surprised that like the amount of times uh, people working in self driving cars think about the trolley problem is very very little like it it actually has never come up in an official discussion at work really like every time i read about self driving cars like the first thing that shows up is the trolley problem so that's why i was asking that's very interesting yeah. it yeah it's very ironic in that sense because like um the the trolley problem is basically the, the idea that like if a human were to write a certain piece of code which one would he choose out of the two whereas most of the times the kind of work that we do is solving like a very uh, complex optimization problem where like there are a lot of factors that are contributing to the cost it's never as simple as like uh, can you do you have to run five people over here or one person over there kind of thing it's it's most of the time it's like how do you minimize the loss that you're trying to do so it's like would it be better if you like hit somebody at a very slow speed and like they would still get saved or like would you rather crash your car into something completely different like on a wall or something would you rather like save the car or this like we don't have to explicitly make those decisions they they get made mostly as a part of like this big optimization problem that we put together so ideally most of us like other than like some kind of simulations that we can come up with we also wouldn't know exactly what it would do given the situation 
how has your process been towards solving problems which probably nobody else has uh, put down any thesis on or papers on like these are things that you all are completely experimenting with and doing like new things all the time so like how do you go about such problem solving i mean for us most of the time if there is something that i face i would first thing i would do is try and google about it and like read how people's point of view and navigation strategies were and then figure out okay what would best suit me but like with things that have never been documented or like tried also how do you go about something like that um so i i i get exactly why this seems like rocket science of some kind but turns out that like a lot of open source stuff that has been happening all over the world and people who are doing a lot of stuff in academia and stuff they've all been doing research in different parts of the problem and um, they they keep publishing something or the other people write a lot of blogs like people have started doing a lot of selfless things these days like because of the open source culture propagating so much that uh, like the entire problem of course is completely unsolved and nobody knows how to get there but you can read a lot of information and compile it together yourself to come up with a solution that's basically what we do for the most part where we read a lot of things and like it, like something that i would have read like 2 years ago could also help me like solving something today sometimes like you come across people who have done the same problem but in a completely different field in a completely different company but they've joined you recently and like you talk to them and you realize that oh this is how they could have solved it and then you get gather knowledge from them um i think silicon valley operates in in a way that like um like ip isn't the biggest thing like everything goes into people's brains so like as the, as, as long as you're not stealing code and giving it to somebody who's pasting it somewhere like people share knowledge everywhere like i whenever i meet with like my friends from my robotics program at cmu most of who live here like we also talk about like tech stuff related to what they are working on like somebody works on drone somebody works on like alexa amazon alexa somebody works on some other robotics companies somebody works in magic leap for example and like other self driving car companies and everything and like i think there is a giant source of data available in the world which like thankfully we are able to make the best use of because uh, we like if you know what to look for there is probably something available to you and then a lot of times like you take a part of it and then you you keep experimenting with it and you add your own things to it which you've learned from five different places and that's how like things progress like if you look at research papers also mostly in the ai field and stuff there's nothing very new that's getting invented all the time like something gets invented like some somebody comes up with something new and then everybody is just trying to mix and match things together and come up with a new paper like there are literally like tens of thousands of ai related papers for like computer vision that come every year any any problem that you are currently interested in and computer vision or ai or the combination um, of so we are exploring like everybody is basically trying to explore the problem of like having to so tesla is in a position where it has lot more data about like cars and roads and stuff than any other company in the world like it accumulates over a million miles of data every day um so we we are in that position that we can actually teach a car how to drive by using user driver data like how people drive a car like as a human like all of us learned how to drive in cumulative of maybe 20 hours i would say oddly like you, you we all figured out how to drive and not like basically crash into most things in like about 20 hours and then we kept driving and like kept getting better at it but currently like the way neural networks work they need like um like 
like if you were to put it in like man hours like it's more than the lifetime of a single person is how much time a neural network would take to like train and like drive a car completely with just data with no annotations or anything like no rules and regulations of how to drive or any of that like we are mostly never told that this is what you should do to drive a car like you you're mostly just you look at other people driving and you're given basic instructions as to like don't crash into something like there's a traffic light you need to stop here but you can be put in a completely new country and you will mostly do fine after driving for like a half an hour or something so that's the most challenging problem that we are trying to solve currently like how do we use the least possible amount of data but still come up with like a great thing where humans don't have to explicitly write code to do it like it would be like an end to end neural network system you're feeding in images and at the end there is a steering wheel value and like an acceleration and brake value that comes out and that's all you're using oh uh, like a neural network is the approach to uh, teach uh, the car how to drive or do you think there are other ways we can uh, probably do that so that's the classical way of doing it so uh, people have been making things that can drive themselves from at least like they've been documented since like the 1980s almost where like you can program a car that will drive itself like whether, right. whether or not how its capability is is going to vary like but to get a basic car that can drive itself and like mostly not hit things in like a controlled environment that has been possible since the 1980s um the thing is that like ever since then people used to write things which would be like human knowledge like generally like when we write code we think about like this is what the outcome needs to be so i need to put this logic in place then i need to put this logic in place then i need to put this logic and then when all of those fall in place that's when this will be the outcome that's how like if humans were to write a self driving car that's how they would do it but turns out that doesn't actually work like humans can't think of like this very high dimensional space of what could happen so they will forget some scenarios and they'll not put it in and that's why like they talk about this thing in cars where like it's like 99.9% perfect but that's not good enough but we want to all try to migrate to that point where like we have neural networks doing everything for us but like do you think this neural network technology will help tesla come into a ecosystem like india it will actually that's the only thing that will be able to make it in india because um generally when like i said if if humans were to think and write code they would think of all of the possible scenarios and india breaks all of those down so there is no structure to things yeah um, like everything is unstructured like every intersection looks different like people drive in like their own possible way there is no lane concept or there's no concept of an exit from a highway or an on ramp or any of that and like people don't stop if they don't want to stop somewhere and like people will go whenever they wish to go like just because your light is green doesn't mean there won't be five people trying to cross or like two people trying to break the light or any of that so if you try to put instructions into the computer then it won't work like there there are two ways to do it one is you give it explicit instructions the other one is you feed it very high dimensional data and since it has seen a lot of data it knows exactly what to expect and with what certainty to expect it but where do you start the process like in order to enter a market like india like will tesla come and do test drives to see what's the scenario like in india take photos and then feed it into the network or like how does it begin definitely so i think like when when tesla first comes into the market it would just be like any other car that you can buy like it would just be a car um, like it wouldn't do any self driving or any of that and then once people start driving and once we start collecting enough data then we we ship code in shadow releases like all of this is public information but we ship code in shadow releases where like the car is not doing anything it's just like if if it were to do something what would it have done and it tells you that like 
it would have taken this action but at the same time you know what humans did so you know the difference between the two and that is what helps us trying to train the neural networks that if the car did something that was not close to what the human would have done then that would have been bad and we can't actually ship that product so until the time the car starts doing in shadow mode exactly what the human is doing we keep make collecting more data and make the network learn and then it gets to a point of what we call as convergence where like it will do exactly what the human would have also done and that's when we ship it to people so yeah it would be like a development cycle of sorts okay that's brilliant and like we across multiple episodes now have speculated on what problems might be for an automated car this like this for some reason has always been a topic on our podcast but now since we have an expert like what do you see are like some problems for a company or a car like tesla to enter india <laughs> i'm no expert on this topic i just happen <laughs> to work here but uh, i i don't know honestly if there are any problems because um, like just as a car company to enter india seems like uh, like it should be all it should have already happened few years ago because like from what i have seen india is one of the largest markets of luxury cars like staying in mumbai i think um i can guarantee that i see more luxury cars in mumbai than i ever see in the us um like in san francisco bay area like the the amount of like say a mercedes s class or like a jaguar xj or like a bmw 7 series that we see like i don't think i maybe see one mercedes s class maybe once in like 3 weeks or something and i'm sure if like you or heloni looked out of the window right now you would probably see one passing by somewhere Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah, with so like I think the luxury car market is big in India. I I I honestly don't know what are the political things or what else is there. Like, is it that we won't they won't be able to meet the demands yet until they can manufacture more? I I don't know honestly. But um, like I would say, I think it as it's a, more over the charging stations yet. I mean, it's not very well equipped with that. For so Tesla. charging station Tesla has gone and built wherever whatever place it has released and like it's even in countries like Jordan and stuff which are like not particularly first world if i were to say but it has still made it there and like it has set up infrastructure and everything so i think it's possible to do it but again i don't know what the hindrance is like there must be something because like if i can see that there is a big market potential i'm sure they would have also seen it so uh, before we move uh, away from uh, the topic of tesla uh, if uh, someone is currently in like second year of engineering uh, studying in dj or some university in india and they want uh, to join the self driving uh, car team at tesla what should they be focusing on yeah i think like um, I, i again i'm like in no way to like recommend this to somebody but um, i think what has helped me like i uh, i honestly still study because like i think this industry is such that if you haven't like if you don't keep up with the industry you suddenly become like an old school person like even if you stop studying in 2016 so much has changed since then like even if you stop studying for a year you are probably not going to get where you need to be so you basically need to keep up with things is how i see this industry like self driving cars ai in general like the the like i said like the amount of things published and the amount of like progress happening it's almost like the way they talk about moore's law like the like the amount of progress that happens is exponential here so like the things that we were completely incapable of doing like 3 or 4 years ago is very trivial like in the sense that like they would teach in a college program here today and thankfully like i said like all of the knowledge that is required to become a good like ai engineer or like work in the field of ai or self driving cars is all open source like you can literally go uh, and read like people have even simplified papers and put them in blogs and videos and things like that 
I I I honestly think that like uh, our college education hasn't quite caught up to what is needed to like work in like a very high tech field. But there is enough information outside of the textbook that people can refer to and get there. Like um uh, like if somebody is looking for it, I'm happy to even share resources with people. But in general, I think like if you just start looking for like how to solve computer vision or how to solve like reinforcement learning and stuff like you, you you need to put your goal at a point where you could almost solve a self driving car and then make your way through downwards like you can start with a very basic concept and like make your way up because then you're trying to go from like the bottom of the funnel to the top of the funnel and like you're going to like not realize that is this skill actually useful or not but if you go in the reverse direction where you know this is my this is the thing i want to actually like make work then you go backwards and learn all the things necessary to be able to make it work that's that's generally the way i have been doing things the past few years yeah it's like the first principle uh, problem like the theory yeah. of first principle yeah right yeah Okay, makes sense. And then we cannot like stop talking about Tesla until we reach like until we talk about Elon Musk, right? So have you worked with Elon Musk and <laughs> like what has been like what has that been like? Um, yeah. So we, we our team uh, fortunately works very closely with him because like this is one of his pet projects. So he uh, is super interested in like the kind of progress that the team does, and he's very interested in like a lot of the design decisions that the team makes also, and he very regularly. tests like our cutting edge code like the code that would make it to customers maybe like 4 or 5 months from now for example he's been testing it like like pretty much like as soon as we make updates to the code he's testing that kind of code so yeah we've gotten a lot of feedback from him he's influenced a lot of our design decisions overall like since he happens to be a very very smart guy uh, outside of twitter i would um um like like he 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 get he he gets like the points that you're trying to put across for the most part like and there's so much to learn from him also because like um uh, he is running the entire company so he has like a much better idea to a bigger picture compared to like any of us so um and he also runs multiple companies so like he has like knowledge transfers happening from like one to the next place and i'm sure his network is also full of people where he interacts with very smart people all the time so there's always like a lot that like comes off of him and he like has honestly predicted a lot of things very correctly that initially when he said that like this is how we should do something we all thought that that was very stupid to do but like since he's smart he would agree and work on it and then like maybe 6 months or one year down the line you're like wow that was actually smart wow okay and i read his uh, book right the autobiography for him and like more like the one lesson that i learned from his book is like he's very focused on like learning faster failing faster and then solving that problem like even faster right so like does that culture rub off in tesla as well like do you guys uh... um absolutely yeah so um um we 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 are all asked to basically like do as best as we can at something so there are two ways of doing something right like you you try out anything that you can you hack together something see if it works or not and if it works then you make it better and then the other way is you have a giant build up for like a very long time and you've done everything very nicely but at the end of it you realize it didn't work and now like all of the effort is basically useless so you want to kind of get to like an initial result very quickly and then uh, once you realize that the initial result is showing any signs of life then you want to put more effort in it but if the initial result while you're doing it sometimes you realize wow this is stupid i never thought of that and then you don't need to put more effort in it and i think that runs in the company like in general like uh, 
people are always doing more and more experiments and like keeping up with tech literature and everything and like making sure that like they're doing their best to prove that like this approach will work or not before putting in like a ton of effort behind it yeah any blog that you would recommend people reading or that you follow a lot closely um so medium is one of like the best sources of information that i can find often um like medium has a lot of good articles about like a lot of different things and it also seems to be the kind of place where like most people want to put like ai related blogs and stuff like towards data science it's called like it's a part of medium oh love okay. it yeah that, that's amazing that yeah so that's 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 actually been pretty resourceful like if 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 i often find myself that like i don't know what i want to do like i just go there and like often like good articles pop up there and then i just read some of them um but that has been a good um source of information like i'm sure like if people are reading hacker news like um that's another good place where like a lot of these things come up twitter unfortunately or fortunately also happens to be the place where a lot of um um like the people in like ai and computer vision have been sharing like whatever they find so that also happens to be a place where you would have generally not thought that like twitter would be the place where people are sharing like actually useful stuff but it happens to be yeah. oh yeah <laughs> like i have been on social media for, uh, for like 4 years but twitter is the only place i am active right now because not just uh, computer vision and finance but uh, augmented reality virtual reality uh, and like a lot of uh, other topics like you can and i think they've they've uh, made the platform also much better so that you can follow uh, those topics and not just like celebrities or and uh, other nonsense stuff so exactly if you follow the right people i think twitter is really good on that note tapan often has like the most hilarious things on twitter <laughs> <laughs> i actually started tweet like i i was active on twitter like when we were in dj but then i stopped using it and then i'm active again like in past 2 3 months and one thing i realized about twitter as atit said like you need to follow the right people or else you'll just have garbage in your timeline right so i'm trying to like filter all those things out and follow the right people at this point newton said If I've seen the future, it is by standing on shoulders of the giants. We bring to you these giants in the life of our guests. Our next segment is top three, a curated list of top three recommendations from our guests. Starts with the top three books that you would recommend, and out of them, one book that you've like give, gifted the most. Um. So I unfortunately haven't gifted books to people. I mostly just offer recommendations. Um. Uh. At, because like most of the people these days have like their own means of reading. Like people read on Kindle or somebody reads on their iPad or somebody buys a physical book and reads it. So I haven't actually like gifted people books as much as I would have liked. I've lent people books. Um. Uh, but um. If I were to list like a few of my favorite books, I think. um i can basically categorize them in some way like so so if you're looking for like a very adventurous book of any kind um uh, like you should definitely look into into thin air um it's this book about like the everest disaster that had happened um few years back and it's like a very very well documented adventure of that like um it's it's like the book that like while reading gives you chills and like so i had never before the reading that book looked up um what 
like Everest looks like in general, like what the climb and stuff looks like. But while reading the book, I made up an image of it in my head. And turns out it was so well described that when I went and looked at images after reading the book, it was like pretty much vivid right there. So that's definitely one book. Um, another one that I really like is uh, Shantaram. Um, the reason being that like it describes Mumbai in a way that like we would have never really thought ourselves and like I think it uh, puts up a very good picture of Mumbai so highly recommend that as well um, and if you're like looking at like tech disasters then you want to read Bad Blood it's this book about um, the Theranos uh, company that like failed very badly in Silicon Valley and how it was like built on a bunch of lies and stuff um, so that's a book that I would recommend a lot as well and if you don't mind I will share one more um, yeah yeah, so there's this book called Surely You Must Be Joking, Mr. Feynman. Um, I think that's a very good book to read if like you're trying to look for something that like interests you as a person, like what a tech person's life outside of tech looks like and like a very funny person also. Cool. Uh, so moving from the books, let's go to the top three movies or TV show recommendations. Keep in mind that I don't actually watch a lot of TV shows. Like I've, I've watched a bunch of movies, but like TV shows, I haven't seen too many. But I think my most favorite TV show I've ever seen until now, like uh, for a short TV show would be uh, Chernobyl, the HBO one. So so that is like I think my favorite show overall in terms of like the most engrossing TV show. Like for a background TV show, like I, I really like Seinfeld. Yeah, like it's it's probably the best like sitcom that I could think of like it, it just relates to you so much more than anything else would yeah and the, the humor is so different than other other sitcoms exactly like it's like your normal life kind of humor and like even after like whatever 20 25 odd years since it was last made like last show aired like it still seems relevant like it's the kind of things that you would have come across when we were young like right like Landline yeah. related problems. Oh, yeah, yeah the whole, there's one episode where uh, the whole episode takes place inside a waiting room of a restaurant. And exactly, right? Like that, that is, I think, one of my favorite episodes yeah. ever. And then there's another one which takes place in a uh, parking lot. That is it. The whole. Oh, whole... yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, <laughs> where they can't find the car anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, that's, 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 I think, one of my favorite TV shows. Like, I can literally turn it on anytime and watch. Yeah, and then like I think my all-time favorite another like Indian TV show is Sarabhai versus Sarabhai. I don't think I can get over that show. So, so you mentioned uh, you listen to podcasts while commuting. Uh, any recommendations? Any three recommendations for podcasts? So I, I can tell you what I've listened to. Like I don't think like the entire podcast for any of these is like amazing, and like I think they're pretty well known. Also, like I also looked up like top ten podcasts to listen to, but um. Uh, Planet Money is very good um, and like the indicator by Planet Money is also very good with, which goes with yeah. that. Very bingeable, like 10 minutes, right? The indicator exactly. is 10 minutes and you can binge through a bunch of uh, episodes in one sitting. Exactly. And like I said, like my commute is at least like one and a half hours every day. So like I have one and a half hours to listen to whatever I want. So that definitely ranks there. Um, then um, another one, I guess... Uh, Freakonomics Radio again very similar lines to Planet Money uh, longer episodes but like very similar so that's another thing I think I like um, Revisionist History was very good um, I think the first couple of seasons were very good after that I lost interest then yeah I think these are um, like stuff you should know sometimes has good episodes every once in a while 
moving on like top 3 investments that you've made investments let's see so so tesla is i think my biggest investment so far um like in terms of everything like not just monetary investment like my time investment also my life investment also like everything is like that's like the biggest one that i have um um the other two i think um amazon is another big one because like i think i really appreciate what amazon is doing like apart from the part that like it seems like a very evil company in general i think the amount of progress that company has made and changed our lives like we would have been nowhere without it like no other companies would have caught up to like what we need today and like we are basically sitting at home and hoping that like something comes to us in like a day or two days and like no other company would have even come close like now i know that like walmart and stuff will do it for you also and like um, there are companies that would do it but um, amazon just like completely takes that bar much forward and they've set up so much for themselves uh, going forward that like if anybody is going to try and catch up like they're currently just moving things from place a to place b but i think they can move anything from place a to place b like they could become an airline company if they wanted to like transporting people from place a to place b also like i think i see a big potential in amazon and i think the third one is uh, walt disney um again like just because of the uh, sheer amount of things that they have like they they definitely have the best kind of content like the best reach in the media industry and like they have phenomenal parks and stuff and like just ip in general like they've made the best of the characters or like bought companies that made these characters and stuff so i think those three would be like the top on my list okay moving on to so, uh, shroff like what are the three things that you define as success for you let's see so i think one thing that i i would put it as is like i want this ability to be able to grasp that anybody randomly anybody that i meet from like any kind of background is telling me about something like i don't want to be completely lost like i i i can definitely put myself in a place currently where like if i talk to some person from a very different um like i don't know background or something like say if i just go talk to somebody in finance for example like i i would be very lost i don't want to be that person like i want to be the person who like can engage in a conversation with anybody because like at, at least have the know how of that i think that's that's one thing um the second thing is like to not have any kind of inertia when i want to work on something like currently like i i face this major problem that like if i have to start doing something like it takes a lot of effort to even like get to the point where you're starting but after starting it's very smooth but like for whatever reason i i am often not able to like just get to the point where i can start off with something so like losing that inertia would be very nice um um and the third thing is like if 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 i can give give back more to not just like in the sense of like uh, something to the society but if i can contribute to somebody more than i can i'm helping myself while doing it then that would be even better like i i'm definitely currently doing things that like improve myself but i want to be able to do things which like not just improve myself but also improve like people around me like they could just be friends or relatives or anybody but by like either sharing information or like like being able to make something that they really like or any of that but be be helpful to somebody while i am like making my life better unlike the name we are dwelling deep into our guests thought process rapid fire is our next segment where our guests will answer some quirky some weird but mostly fun questions what is the one thing that you love about living in the us and one thing that you miss about india um so one thing i love about staying here would be that um 
there is like there are things that you can do like without having to like worry like i could like in 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 say for example in the winter season i could drive for like two and a half three hours and get to a ski slope like uh, in summers like if i want to go hiking i can drive for like 20 minutes or something and get to a really good hiking spot around in the area or like i could take a flight like at moments notice and get to some other part of like the country in like no time where um, something is very different and i don't need to like really book a lot of things in advance and stuff like we've gone on vacations where like we've not booked anything but the flights for example so i think that part like the uh, uh, being able to be very very flexible about like doing anything like you don't need to plan way ahead in time i think that's one thing i like about the us um um and like i think the thing i like about india is like completely it's just friends and family like that's that's my top thing that like i absolutely miss everyone like i i want to come back only for that like that's that's like my top motive i think that ties perfectly to our next question like uh, you, you like you said you you've you travel a lot you've been to a lot of places uh, so do you have like one tourist attraction that you were really disappointed by let's see there must be something uh i think times square for sure <laughs> everyone hates <laughs> times square <laughs> absolutely disappointed by it like it was like yeah it was it was absolutely the worst I, because like the rest of new, so the first time i went to new york city was like during christmas and um um when i'd moved to the us uh, first and the rest of new york city was phenomenal and i think like everybody puts times square like at least like at that time i thought of times square wow that would be the grand finale like, like we watch times square and then we go home and that was like the biggest letdown i think i could think of like it, it looks very average final question for the rapid fire round would be if you could have a gigantic billboard and anywhere and like a lot of people could see it what would it have on it what would it say I think it should say it's never too late. I know it sounds cliche but like I think it should say that it's never too late for anything. Like it's not even my own quote it's probably said by like hundreds of thousands of people everywhere but uh, I think it still like applies a lot to my life and like I would think it would apply to in general anyone like you you could do it like it's like the day you decide you want to start with something I think you can do it. segment is called not the onion presenting four news articles that are mind blowingly ridiculous that they could have been written by the onion a satirical news company however one is a fake article created by us you have to guess which one is not the onion cool uh, so starting off uh, article 1 petition for maids with ppe should be allowed to enter housing complex So, with no end in sight of the lockdown, many women and men who have been religiously doing household chores now want to end it. Women across the country had been pleading via tweets and messages to the state governments to allow maids with PPE to enter homes, building complexes, so that they can take care of their day-to-day chores. On May second, sources said that a national commission for women in India have taken the lead and written an online petition. to the home minister amit shah asking for some sort of relief uh, article 2 a man tries to track two missing packets of snacks online he loses rupees 2.2 lakhs so what happened is a 40 year old businessman who had ordered some food material online 
called on a fake helpline number of the company which he found on Google to inquire about two bhujia packets worth rupees four hundred. So after he called that landline, uh, the person was a scammer and they asked for the credentials and he ended up losing two point two five lakhs after sharing his bank details. And this is what the cyber police said. Now a FIR has been registered in connection with this fraud. Article three, uh, indoor police indoor police intercepts eighteen migrant laborers in a cement mixer. Uh, in another incident of migrant laborers making desperate attempts to reach their homes amid the nationwide lockdown, the police in Madhya Pradesh on Saturday came across 18 workers traveling while inside a cement concrete mixer. So during a routine checkup uh, in one of the villages in MP, around 35 kilometers from Indore, they stopped a truck with cement mixer on su- suspicion. And they found that 18 people were crammed inside, and and they were trying to get to Indore. And finally, a Chennai food delivery executive was caught peddling ganja. Uh, what he was doing, since food delivery is an essential service and is granted exemption from various lockdown restrictions, a 25-year-old man had allegedly started uh, taking advantage of this and. Peddling ganja in Chennai, uh, since the Chennai police does not stop people in the food delivery uniform, uh, he went about the city peddling contraband in delivery boxes, which was meant for keeping food. So those are the four news articles. Starting from Shroff, what do you think? Which one is the fake one? Uh, I think the second one, like the the guy losing 2.2 lakhs for um, like the Gia yeah. packets. Yeah. <laughs> I don't okay, think so. I think that the scamming in India is very common. Like there are so many people who do this kind of thing. Then people give away their credit card details. Like it's it's just like normal paper. So which one do you think, Elena? Uh, 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 I. I It's, it's all of them are funny. Uh, <laughs> it could be true, but uh, probably the petting one, the Chennai petting. Chennai ganja, okay. And then Atit. Yeah, I think it's a cement mixer one. It's just too many people, eighteen people. Unless there are multiple trucks, but I, I think I'll go with that. Okay, so all three of you are wrong, and I'm so happy. Like, <laughs> yeah, the first one, which was uh, maids asking, like uh, women asking for maids to come and pee pee, that's the fake one. And all the <laughs> really, three, that that can be true because do it yeah, so much work. It should be. True. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but all the other three are actually true. Uh, cement mixture, cement mixer one was actually they found 18 people. They were crammed inside the mixer. Which is sad, actually, but like it was hilarious. Then <laughs> Chennai Ganja was actually true. That guy was caught on the weekend, I think. And then, and the Bujia packet, like it had me in cracks. I found this, and I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> so funny. Thank you so much, Rof. This was really insightful. I mean, we loved knowing about your journey to CMU and your robotics, the passion for robotics and the amazing work that you're doing right now, and also like all the other side passions that you have. 
thank you so much for being on the show being part of it like, yeah you don't need to be thankful this was absolutely a lot of fun like this this just felt basically like catching up with you guys after like a very long time and like this is just like so much fun i i enjoyed this like i'm i'm so glad like you guys have decided to do this That's about it folks. We will be back next week with another guest and another story. We would love to hear your thoughts about the episode. Feel free to reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. You can just search What the Had podcast. Also, subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Castbox, YouTube or wherever you get your podcast from so you never miss out on the next episode. This is Hiloni, Atit and Tapan. signing off and this was what we had